You're listening to Hump Day News and Rumors on Mousecapades Radio. Get ready for something majestic. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Now, from the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Humpty Mousecapades listeners, this is Vicki and I'm here with Stephanie, Sarah, and Matt. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 838 and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Just a reminder that the Mouse Paid Some More podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, we'd be glad to help. You could text Vicki, Matt, Sarah, or myself, Stephanie, at 636-373-4497, and we would be happy to give you design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so go ahead and contact one of us today. So I'm not sure how I feel about this and I want to know what you guys think, but remember when we used to have to wait for Disney to release the movies from the vault to the theaters well, yeah. and we looked forward to it? Well, it seems that Disney has removed some of their content from Disney Plus so that they can place it back in the theaters as part of their 100th anniversary celebration. That's why I don't know how I feel about that because I'm a Disney Plus subscriber. By using the vault, Disney was able to keep the commodities fresh and removing them from access. It was a great sales trick that designed to get audiences interested and then it increased the demand. So with less supply, the demand went up and people went. So Disney's going to re-release eight popular Disney movies in an effort to get more viewership of these films and of course make money. So here are the movies that are going to be re-released and the dates we can find them in the theater. I do know that this should help with uh, younger audiences that may not know these movies. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl is going to be in theaters starting on this Friday, July 7th through July the 20th. Toy Story is going to be re-released on July 21st through August 3rd. Frozen will be re-released August 4th through August 17th. Beauty and the Beast, and from what I can tell, is not the cartoon version. It is the version with Hermione from Harry Potter will be re-released August 18th through August 31st. The Incredibles, September 1st through September 14th. Coco, September 15th through September 28th. The original Lion King, September 29th through October 12th. And Moana, October 13th through October 26th. I can tell you, uh, oh, Matt, I was expecting a different reaction from you. I was expecting, (laughs) come on, Disney, where's your original stuff? (laughs) Come on, put something new out. I mean, obviously with today's technological age they can't hold things back like they could back in the day so now everyone has access to everything so i understand them wanting to hold some things back and then dropping some of these in the theater like heck yeah i'm totally gonna go see pirates again in the movie theater uh i didn't never got to see moana in the theater uh or coco in the theater those were all at home streamed so some of these i totally am down for seeing in the movie theater again, especially the first Pirates. Like, there is some creative originality, that first Pirates movie, you know. Everybody thinks that the movie, the ride came from the movie. It's like, no, it's the other way around. The only ones I haven't seen in the theater, I think, are Toy Story and it was the original Lion King. I did not see that in the theater. But all the rest I've seen in the theater. 
you know, whenever if you ever see clips of the original Toy Story now, it looks super archaic because that style of animation is like dinosaurage, you know, so mm-hmm. almost creepy. Old. Oh yeah, how stiff and old it looks. You're like, <laughs> I just this is just making me wonder. Like their last few movies, with the exceptions of like Guardians of the Galaxy, have been pretty big flops. And I was reading something saying how many millions of dollars that Disney has lost recently because of their movies. I need to find it so I can cite it and tell you how much it was because it was a ridiculous amount. Um, And so I'm like, are they just going, okay, well, we keep losing money on new (laughs) movies. So let's put out the old things and see if we can get a little bit of money back. Like, is that why they're doing this? I don't know. I'm wondering, you know, what are they going to charge? Because <laughs> it's not new. Is this like the the dollar theater? Like what? Good point. Yeah. No, I don't think so. This is what they used to do years ago, though. You know, it would go away for a really long time and then it would come back and we'd get to see it again. Oh, I remember. I remember I was in college when like the whatever anniversary of Sleeping Beauty, which is my most favorite animated film, came out. And... I drove to Target and I was really nervous about it because it was like one of my first times leaving campus, driving my car off campus. And um, I got over there and right when Target opened, like there would be a mad rush to buy Sleeping Beauty on DVD and <laughs> went in and bought it. But I was waiting for, you know, the I was keeping track of the vault opening in order to get that movie. Yeah, I don't know. This seems a little desperate to me. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. A little bit, but all right. So we all know that Disney tries to keep an image and they're protective of how they appear to their audience. Well, a recent develop hinted development hinted that changes may affect many of the classic Disney characters, which I don't like you messing with the classics. Um, but there's there's good to this story. Um, when we first started talking about the Tiana ride, we noticed that the outfit she was wearing, it was pants, which isn't really true to that period that the princess and the frog was written um we or at least that's as we were looking we didn't think that that's is true to what they would be wearing during that time so um we also are just used to tiana in that big beautiful ball gown and we wanted to see her in it still um thankfully tiana is going to still be at that meet and greet spot in the lime green ball gown um so that is not changing she will be in pants in areas. The pants in the rendering and the pants that she's in do not look the same to me. The pants look period correct. It's just, like, I can't remember what she's wearing throughout the majority of the movie. Well, she's a frog. Yeah. <laughs> what I saw, she looks sort of like an explorer. Like, she's got the hat on, but I don't know if that's the same. She kind of has the vibe of Emily Blunt's character in the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The woman in pants. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe that is of that time period. I just, I hope they don't take that dress away for sure. I think you have to put it in somewhere. I mean, she's wearing, like, in the beginning of the movie, she's wearing skirts, you know, like a button down collared white shirt and a skirt. And so she's not in pants in those scenes. That's what I'm trying to look up now. Mm-hmm. It just looked a little cheesy. The hat does look like in the movie, right? It's like a cloche. 1920s hat that makes sense um the rest of it i don't know she's got like riding pants on they look like jodfers because they have that lining on the inside oh yeah 
So I'm I'm unsure as to why this is the right outfit, but maybe the story will tell us why she's wearing it. The other hat's more outfit appropriate. Yeah, the hat doesn't match. The, the one in real life, it does not match. It looks like she needs to have a nice dress on. I don't hate it. I guess I thought when it said pants, I had a different image. I'm not... I'm not upset with with the the pants now. I guess I thought more, I don't know, almost like jeans or something. I was like, no, what? No, 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 no. Not like that. But I don't know. I just know we talked about it at the beginning. We're like, they're not going to take that beautiful dress away, are they? We get a little bit of both now. Right. As you know, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is a huge event at the Magic Kingdom from August, which... It's a little bit early for Halloween in my book, but <laughs> that's a whole other story. Through the beginning of November, it features special meet and greets. Um, you get the Sanderson Sisters stage show. You even get to trick or treat in the Magic Kingdom. And there is a special parade and so much more. But tickets are going quickly for this party. So as of right now, on Halloween night, October 31st, it is completely sold out. So if you're wanting to go to this annual party, you need to get your tickets soon to ensure that you get the date that you want. So reach out to Matt, Stephanie, or Vicky, and they will help you get your tickets for this great event. And as much as I said that Halloween in August is weird to me, my family's going to go in August 2024, and I'll probably try to go to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. There's no shame in it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, normally, I wouldn't be celebrating... Halloween in August. However, if you're at Disney, why not? <laughs> why not? And I'm not surprised the 31st always sells out first. Yeah. yeah. I heard the 1st and the 31st usually sell out pretty close together, but right now there's still tickets. It doesn't say how many. I wish there was like a way we could see like a meter so that we could tell people, okay, well, there's like a hundred. You know what I mean? Like when you go on an airline, they say there's 10 seats, seats left. left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's 47,000 tickets left. (laughs) (laughs) They don't tell you that. They just, when it starts to get closer, they're like, all right, guys, you need to hurry up. Just a couple seats. The Figment Ride in the Imagination Pavilion is a ride that many guests just pass right by. Not this one, but for diehard Disney (laughs) fans, this ride is a must, even if it isn't as good as the original that filled the space originally. The ride looks very dated, especially if you compare it to the newest Epcot ride, Guardians of the Galaxies. Of course, Zucker is still shiny. Uh, Disney has made some refurbishment changes specifically beyond where the ride ends. It seems that Disney has updated the faded posters and they look incredibly bright and vibrant compared to the older ones. This specific attraction has not been touched in a long time, suffering a constant lack of maintenance and general upkeep. In the past, we've seen Figment remain motionless. Uh, from other variety of, of things not working, and we are hoping that this is a sign that Figment is going to get some love, especially with the new Figment meet and greet coming to Epcot. I mean, he is the park's ambassador. Let's uh, throw money at him. Right, for sure. I mean, for, for people that don't know, the only part of that ride that's original is near the end when you get blasted with air, which is awesome, and they raise the curtain and there's the big sky scene. The rest of it's all lame new stuff. I mean, I still always go on it. It's air conditioned. <laughs> it's Figment. I love Figment. I, yeah. I watched the original version. He was my favorite when I was a little kid. Same here. So you're going to need to have to get his plush then, Sarah. I used to have one and it like from when I was little, um, 
but I don't know what happened to it. Aw. Your dog did what? Ruined it. Oh, I'm sorry. Unmentionable things to it. Ruined it. Oh, no. <laughs> that was from, like, the early 90s. It was a big one. Like, it was awesome. So it's July, which means new flavors of cookies and cakes at Gideon's Bakehouse at Disney Springs. This is really the only food that we talk about anymore, but that's okay, because it's important. Because it's our favorite. <laughs> so I was sad to hear that they did not bring back the orange and pecan chocolate chip cookie this year, like they had last July. So they have the right, I guess, to decide on new flavors, I guess. That's their company. But this year they have two because one of them's there for the flavor town thing that they're doing in Disney Springs. One is the coconut caramel chocolate chip cookie. And the other one is a key lime chocolate chip cookie for July. The key lime cookie has vanilla bean cookie dough infused with Florida key lime juice and covered with chocolate chips and special key lime pie crumbs. And it's going to be available through August 13th. That's the one that's doing the flavor thing that they're doing in Disney Springs. The July actual cookie is the toasted coconut caramel chocolate chip cookie. The caramel flavoring is supposedly not very overwhelming. And it's coated in chocolate and then a toasted coconut chips. And it said the coconut chips don't tend to fall off, but they add a crunch to it when you take a bite of the cookie. And like many Gideon's Bakehouse cookies, it is also sprinkled with sea salt that helps break down the sweetness of the chocolate. The July cake is coconut cream cake, which I could not find any details, but we know that the cake of the month is always sold on Sundays and Wednesdays because they like to have a little variety. So if you're wanting any of these cookies, you need to hurry over to Gideon's for your sweet tooth. Oh, I'll be there this month and I'm not a fan of either of those, but that's all right. I'll just load up on the chocolate chip cookies. It's fine. When are you guys going? Um, July 17th. The triple chocolate chip ones are fantastic. Those are good too. I still think that regular chocolate chip is my favorite. I know it's classic, but my favorite is the triple chocolate. If I, if they don't have a flavor I like, that's the one I get. That's your go-to. It's good. I'm weird. It's not, I mean, that one's good. That one's my second favorite, but just, just good old chocolate chip for me. Okay. Trattoria Al Forno. And the Boardwalk Pizza Window at Disney's Boardwalk have reopened after the exterior refurbishment work around the facades. They were originally scheduled to reopen on June 18th, but that was delayed to, you know, how they do, late June. Mm -hmm. Um, The refurbishment was on the guest room balconies above the food and beverage location. So the pizza window serves super slices of cheese and pepperoni pizza, mini cannolis, garden salad, fountain beverages, draft beer, Ramona wine spritz, and sangria. Trattoria Al Forno is back to being open for breakfast and for dinner. And it is open from 7.30 to 11.30 and then again from 5 to 10. I know that's a popular spot, so make a lot of people happy. So late June and here we are, July. (laughs) Everybody's happy now. I think it opened on Friday. Okay. Just so they can make make the deadline. Yes. <laughs> we told you it'd be late June. Yeah. Originally, Epcot's Food and Wine Festival was set to start on July 5th, but not too long ago, Disney changed the start to July 27th with no reason for the change. The booths have already started arriving in Epcot in preparation, so we're going to give you a quick overview of where all the booths are located. So the Belgium booth is located between the Morocco and France pavilions. The Ireland booth with the thatched roof is in the UK pavilion. 
and it's called the Ireland Marketplace. The India Marketplace is located next to the China Pavilion just before the bridge. The Kenya booth was used for the Africa Marketplace, and it's been a presence of the festival since 1997. And the Kenya Marketplace has been at the festival for the past two years. The Alps booth is right next to the stage of the Germany Pavilion, and the Terracotta Spain booth is between Italy and Germany. So I think this is a wonderful festival. So if you get a chance, I would definitely go. It is a wonderful festival. That makes me sad, though, for people who like purchased tickets thinking they were going to get to enjoy the festival. And then suddenly it was pushed back without much say as to why. Did you get to did you know before you guys are making your arrangement that it got pushed back? Yeah. No. I mean, I'm glad that some of the other stuff is still opening. (laughs) Right. A lot of people plan for at least a year and they plan to go to certain things and for them to just push it back, something as big as a festival, that's kind of messed up. And back like a whole month. Right. And it's not like it's the, you know, like maybe they could say, oh, this amount of vendors are not going to be there or available, but like, just, just call it off. I don't know. It's interesting. I wonder if they're trying to make it more exclusive and just tighten it up. You know what I mean? I don't know. But if you notice, it goes until November. What is it? November. Thanksgiving, basically. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, too, because that means the festival, the the festival, the holidays is going to be shorter. Like it's going to be almost as short, if not as short as the arts festival. I, that is curious, too, because it seems like based on the deals they're putting out that they're hurting a little bit, you know, for summer. So this would be something that you would think would draw more people. And if you take it away, I don't know. Very interesting. But the thing is, is they also took it away very silently. Yeah. Just slowly removed it. And you're just going to show up and be like, wait, what? Like, Oh, you didn't hear? They canceled it. <laughs> it's not here. They made it later. All right. The Eat to the Beat concert series scheduled was released last month. Eat to the Beat dining packages will go on sale July 6th. So reach out if you are interested in that. These activities are returning to the Food and Wine Festival after July 27th. Uh, Emile's Fromage Montage, a fun way to try tasty cheese dishes from around the world. Grab your festival passport and purchase any five cheese dishes listed in the back of the passport to collect a stamp. Once you've collected five stamps, head to the Shimmering Sips, hosted by Corksicle, to redeem a sweet treat unique to the festival. I hope it's not more cheese. Remy's Ratatouille Mm -hmm. Hide and Squeak, a Ratatouille-inspired adventure where guests all of all ages can search for Remy throughout World Showcase and the global marketplaces. And last but not least, Pluto's Pumpkin Pursuit, a special pumpkin scavenger hunt from September 29th through October 31st. I would be okay with it being more cheese. I love cheese. Yeah. That sounds like the most amazing thing to me right there. <laughs> <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this Pluto's Pumpkin Pursuit? It sounds new. I don't ever remember reporting on a Pluto's Pumpkin Pursuit mm-hmm. the last few years. I haven't heard of it. I'm glad. No. More love for Pluto. <laughs> and who doesn't love a good scavenger hunt? Well, yeah. I mean, that keeps the kids busy for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while there's a ton of food and merchandise, we've pretty much talked about the big stories. So we're going to do like we did last week and talk about some things that some listeners have asked us to discuss. This was specifically came from Angel from Connecticut. He's the one that wrote into us a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, he was wanting to know about the differences between the value resorts and the moderate resorts and deluxe resorts. But I did want to say, we're going to do that now, but I did want to say in 2022, um, our podcast covered each resort individually. So if you wanted specific resort information, I would strongly encourage you to go back and look for that and find the resorts that you're specifically interested in because it it definitely was very, I mean, we spent a lot of time researching it to tell all the things that each resort had um, for guests. So it would help you choose which one you want. But we're going to do like an overview and everybody's going to talk about it right now. So who wants to go first? Talk about value resorts. How about I'll start off with a, a a broad comparison of the three different types. Okay. Yeah. So there are three different types from value to moderate to deluxe. Deluxe resorts are going to give you, in most cases, the closest proximity to the parks, depending on their location. It could be close to Magic Kingdom. It could be close to Epcot or Animal Kingdom or Hollywood Studios. And they're going to give you the most transportation options as well. So some of them, you're going to have Skyliner and bus. Some of them, you're going to have monorail options. Some of them are going to give you boat options. And you're going to have the most amenities at these resorts as well. With the deluxe as well, you're going to have nicer pools. Um, Like typically you'll have a like play area for the kids, like a, a really nice pool. Um, the rooms are a little bit bigger as well. And then there's on-site dining. Um, so the deluxe resorts have your fancy um, restaurants, table service restaurants, um, instead of just like food courts. And the option to do club level, which is amazing. You can only do club level at deluxe resorts. With the exception of Coronado Springs. Yeah, I was going to say, except there's one, <laughs> uh, one moderate. They also give you access to extra hours in the parks currently. That might not always be true, but as of right now, you have, there's extra hours for deluxe resort guests. Evening hours. Evening hours, yes. Mm -hmm. And it's not all nights. It's just once a week for, once for Epcot and once for Magic Kingdom. And I think we all love the deluxe resorts. They're usually, they have more, I don't want to say more theming, but they're for the most part, they're themed so well. It's a quieter theme. Yes. Like it's not as loud and in your face. It's a lot more relaxing feeling. And it just, it, it goes really, really well. Um, and they're a little bit just quieter in general of a resort. Um, a lot of the value resorts, they'll have things like cheer camps going on. And mm-hmm. so they can get a little bit louder. You know, the caveat here is these are also going to be your most expensive options, Mm. especially um, the closer you get to the parks. And the price really varies with these resorts as well. Yeah, the most affordable is going to be Animal Kingdom Lodge, and the most expensive is Grand Floridian. Um, And then the moderate resorts are going to be that mid-tier. They are going to be spaced further away from... The parks, you might have fewer um, resort transportation options, although some of these do fall in the category of having the Skyliner, which is really nice, like Caribbean Beach. Um, Art of Animation, though, is considered, and Pop are considered value, so we'll get to those. But they give you a great option and a more affordable price. You're still going to get pools, and some of them even have table service dining. And most of them have a slide. Mm-hmm. Most of them have a slide. 
And a lot of these have playgrounds, too, for kids, which is nice. Um, and they offer lots of different variations of on theming from, you know, Port Orleans, French Quarter, um, all the way to the Caribbean with Caribbean Beach Resort. You can get some really nice moderate resorts. Like, there are really great options. And those are typically in the, like, 250s to 350s range per night. That's about the price point of most of them, I would say, depending on what time of year. But to throw this back into, um, I would say with the exception of the Polynesian, most of the deluxe resorts, you're going to walk inside the hotel into a lobby and you're going to be inside to walk to your rooms. But with the moderate and the value resorts, the layout is more what I would call like a motel design where your door is on the exterior of the building. Peruvian Beach is like that too. And so is mm-hmm. Coronado, not the Destino Tower. Well, a lot of the deluxe resorts though do have their wings that aren't in that main building. You might have to walk to a building, but you would go inside the building and your door would be inside. Inside. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to real quick mention the deluxe resorts because you guys said the Contemporary, the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian, Animal Kingdom Lodge. I don't want to forget Wilderness. Beach and Yacht Club. And the Yacht and Beach Club. Boardwalk. Do you have anything to add about deluxe, Matt? Because you have stayed at all of them, right? Most of them. They're, they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's your favorite? Polynesian. Hands down. I could live in that because I mean, I'm huge in like tiki's and that whole kind of culture. Then like probably wilderness, animal kingdom, like just because those grand lobbies. They're, uh, I mean, you get your money's worth, you know, out of those. It's a different vibe than the moderates, and the moderates are a different vibe than the value. But like we always stay at Pop because we love the vibe there, uh, and it's a Skyliner. If the Skyliner wasn't there, we'd be elsewhere. The Skyliner is a game changer. It is. It's an attraction in itself, so it's a great way to start the day and a great way to end the evening. Uh, I always tell people, you know, that is a cheeseburger, a double cheeseburger, and a triple cheeseburger. You know, make sure you can handle what you're getting into. Uh, but every, you know, it's it's your budget. What can your budget handle? Yeah. If a deluxe is nothing, then you need to stay at a deluxe because the amenities <laughs> are, are beyond worth it. The pools are always the best. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, the food, all that stuff. But the values, they have their charm. Yeah. And people don't leave and go, man, that was awful. And I hated it. My trip, like you still are going to have a great time, especially if you're not going to stay in it for very long. Like if you're not planning long pool days and rest days in there too, then. Yeah. If all you care about is a place to lay your head. There's value. Yeah. Value is your way to go, but everybody's going to have a different style. And different price points to work with. Mm -hmm. So for deluxe, what I usually say is because people a lot of people will come to us and say, my friend says I need to stay at the Polynesian or I need to stay at the Grand Floridian. Well, yeah, in your lifetime, I definitely recommend that. Or if you're only coming every three, four or five years apart or even 10 years apart, I heard one person on a vlog say they only go every 10 years. That would definitely be something to consider if that, you know, you're only coming that often then, or if you're only coming once ever, then I would say, yes, go for the deluxe resorts. And I know we have stayed at Deluxe before that becomes a conversation piece. But a lot of times that's because some sale came on. It's not because um, that's not necessarily that we, what we would have done had it not been for a sale or something. But we're like, Matt, we're most of the time pop because that's where we started. So it's like our family, like 
favorite it's your home now. resort. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is our home resort, but I'm like him. I think Brad and I talked discussed that when we just did our trip to Animal Kingdom Lodge. While we loved Animal Kingdom Lodge and it's very unique and we loved being able to see the animals so far, we really think wilderness kind of out well, definitely out edges Animal Kingdom for us. And then Polynesian is like almost as high up. And I that's hard to d- determine or whatever, but... And see, it's the opposite for us where Animal Kingdom Lodge is our favorite. We didn't like Wilderness Lodge as much. So everybody's going to have a different right resort that they love. Oh, it's like food. Everyone's got their a different taste, right. you know, so it's choose wisely. <laughs> What's important to you is something to consider. And I guess we need to expand on value a little bit. We've hit moderate and deluxe, but the value resorts are going to be the largest, have the most people, the most rooms. Um, They're going to have cafeteria style dining. Right. They're called food courts. Yeah, food courts. Sorry, I don't know why I said cafeteria. It is the same kind of feel. Yes. Multiple transportation stops for buses. Some of them do have access to the Skyliner pop and art of animation do um that's a huge perk yeah they're they're really a great option and if you're trying to take a large group this could be awesome um but like i think stephanie said earlier you're you might run into depending on what time of year you're going groups large groups cheerleaders and school groups and things like that our our family won't stay at an all-star again. Um, but we would absolutely stay at Art of Animation and Pop. It's only a slight difference in price. And to get that Skyliner access is absolutely worth it. And like we mentioned, a lot of those um, school groups and cheer camps and all of that, they stay at the all-star resorts. And it's just, um, it can be very loud. They're not close and they also sometimes make multiple stops. So if you're staying at all-star movies, you might have to stop at another all-star resort before going directly to, so like going from resort to resort to pick up more people or to drop off people when you're on the buses just takes more time. So we um, absolutely would stay at um, Pop and Art of Animation though. Those are great value resorts. That's just our opinion. So the one thing that I will say about All-Star Music over the other two All-Stars is they have those family suites that they've recently redone. And I've had two families staying those. And if you have a family of five or more, that is like the perfect thing. And, And both families that I booked for there really, really enjoyed it. Now, I will tell you that it's a little bit of a hike from the main area because it's the last building like one of the farthest buildings from the main building where you pick up the bus, which is kind of a stink thing, but. Yeah. The people who pay the most for the the rooms get the. It's really not that much more though. So if you price that against art of animation for the, the same amount of people, it's a, it's a significant difference. So that's why I'm saying that for people that really want to go, but don't have as much money, as long as you know that going in, you're going to have to walk a little bit to the front I think that we've all gotten a little um, spoiled. I know right. I have, but I do want to stay in those family suites just for myself, just because yeah. I I saw them. So they have the one bedroom ultimately, or what I'm thinking is for the parents that are going and they have, it, it has its own bathroom. Then it has like a little family area that 
is a Murphy bed that's a table in the daytime, but then you pull it down for a bed. It also has a couch that's a Murphy bed. So you have two queen beds out there. Then it has a kitchenette and it has another bathroom. So it has two bathrooms. And if you have a family of five or six, that's perfect, especially if those are kids. Now, I know that there's been some adults that shared too. I mean, also, but it just looks really nice how they have it laid out. And the people that I know, they told me they had plenty of room and they really liked that they had the option to fold the bed up and still have room to sit and watch television. Like there was a rainy day for one of the families and they were inside for a little bit. They felt like that was good and it's a good value. So that is something to think about if you are on a, on a tight budget, because you can, of course, make your own food in there and that kind of stuff. Also, there are two of the moderate resort that have the flip out fifth bed. It's Coronado, I mean, not Coronado, excuse me, Caribbean and Port of Orleans Riverside. Mm -hmm. They have the flip out bed. Now, I would say that the flip out bed, I would not put, unless you have a small teenager, like tiny in size, I wouldn't put anybody over about 15 and the, the ones that are 15 need to be tiny. I think it's really made for somebody 12 and under. But it is really cute. And I remember when they first came out with the the flip out bed at Caribbean, we had one and Joey thought that they put it there just for him. It's always the downfall, though, that that fifth sleeper is only available at like if you have a family of five. Sorry, you can't go to Disney cheap like they're going to force you to get a room. Mm -hmm. One of the moderate resorts, which is kind of a bummer. You have to pick what works for your budget, but if you're be good, if you want to go more than one or two times a year, Value Resort obviously is the way to go. And like um, I think they've all said, Pop and Art of Animation would be where you would want to go because it's right there by the Skyliner, which is amazing for Epcot and Hollywood purposes. Most of the time, it's only like it's maybe like twenty dollars per night, more expensive right. too. So it's it's not a unreasonable amount more. Um, you can spend that on an Uber trying to avoid the bus yeah. transportation. So I I like the Skyliner. And the other thing is you can actually take the Skyliner to Hollywood Studios if you really wanted to and catch their buses to get to whatever other place you're wanting to go to because we've done that before too. There's just so many things. Um, obviously, you have to pick what works for best for your family. You should do a whole show on Disney transportation and just... How to get from one place to the other. Because mm-hmm. people think that, oh, you could take the Skyliner then to Epcot and do the same thing. Why can't you take the Skyliner to Epcot and get on their buses? But like the Skyliner drops you off in the back. <laughs> so yeah. that's why. But people don't realize that if you've never been. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just based on where it drops you off. Well, we definitely could revisit the transportation. I thought we went deeper into that because I know that was something that somebody else had asked for. But um also something that's, no, they all, do they all have the soap dispensers now on all levels? I was trying to remember. Or do you still get the individual ones in the value resorts? No, it's pump. Okay. I was trying to remember if they were all different. Because at one time, the pump was in the higher level, moderate and deluxe, and the value was still the little things they left on the counter. Um, but I guess they did change that for now. And then remember, there's also villas. There's one, two, and three bedroom villas. Grand Villas, Treehouse, the Bungalows, the Poly, how much you want to spend. I mean, you can... Yeah, that's right. They've got it all. It's strange because the price point at Disney is so expansive. Where at like Universal, they have the same tiers of like 
you know, a deluxe and their values, but the the price of their deluxe just is much more reasonable than the price of some like Disney's most expensive deluxe. And it comes with the Express Pass. Yeah. Yes. That is a little bit of a different. And so if you've been to to Universal and you're expecting those kinds of prices, you will be surprised when you're like, oh yeah, I've stayed at deluxe at Universal. Give me the deluxe. What's the nicest? I went Grand Floridian. And then you're like, wait, that costs how much? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I know that on Matt's trip report and when we've talked about it, we take midday breaks and a lot of people go morning to night. Well, if you want to go back for a nap and you want it to be really close, then obviously you want one of those monorail resorts like Contemporary Polynesian or Grand Floridian. Um, you could even get back to the wilderness pretty quickly because on a boat, Animal Kingdom's not as quickly, is not as quick to get back to just because it's closest to Animal Kingdom Park. If you do moderate or value, then you almost always have to do a bus unless you're at a Skyliner park as well as resort. Mm-hmm. You always have to use a bus no matter where you stay for certain parks. Right. right. That is the downfall to Coronado. That's what I heard on a vlog. The only reason they think that it's still considered moderate because it has a lot of deluxe and amenities like uh, stuff was talking about with Club level. Club level, which I'll mention again what that is because some people don't know. Club level is a room that has beverages, both adult beverages and just regular beverages for all ages and food. And it's pretty much all day. Do you remember the hours that it opened stuff like eight? I was trying to remember. I know it closes at 11 p.m. at night. Well, there's they have like breaks, like an right. hour break where they kind of switch out their foods or switch out the things. But I mean, even even with the breaks, we weren't I know that the one at Wilderness is it closes doors because I just saw that recently on a vlog. But like at the Polynesian, they didn't close the doors. I was doing uh, travel agent business while we were on our trip in October and they didn't make me or anybody else get out of the room while they were changing the stuff out. They just we just sat there and kept working while they were changing out the food. But I do know some of them do close like the doors or whatever, but you could save a lot of money on food if you stay in those. Yes, it's more money to stay at club level, but you have to factor that in. Like you could eat breakfast at the resort. I saw several families doing that. If you do club level, there were people packing their bags for the day with snacks to take to the park. I mean, they have to go containers for you. Like, right. They don't, it's not frowned upon. They, and they also will let you go ahead and take um, like little uh, alcohol back to your room. So if you want to grab a couple beverages, you can take them back to your room and put them in your room's um, in your room's refrigerator. Yep. But all the pools have what I like to call the cruise directors. They're just regular cast members like everybody else, but they try to make the pool more fun for the kids and for the, the families in general. Anybody can participate in any of the games that they did. In fact, at Wilderness, I thought it was funny. It was more adults participating in the games than the kids last summer when we were there. But Regardless, anybody can participate. They play fun music. I don't know. It's just a fun atmosphere. And and Matt found that out at Pop when he was there. He's going to talk more about that on his trip. Yeah, but that hippy dippy pool was jump, like straight bumping. <laughs> it was like too jumping for us. We always go to the uh, bowling pin pool because it's quiet. Does it have a slide in that one? No, no, no slides at values. Okay, I didn't think so. But yeah, I think it's funny to see that too, because some of the resorts, the adults feel like it's okay to get on the slides, which it totally is. But we noticed that last year, only one or two adults got on the wilderness slide. But when we were at Animal Kingdom Lodge in June, tons and tons and tons of adults, and they were there by themselves. They didn't even have kids, some of them. 
You don't need to have kids going on a water slide. Well, I know, but I just always think that people go down to show their kids. Oh, and uh, I didn't go on it. Our friends did go on it, though. They said it was fun, and it looked, and they said it was a lot longer than you think. The one at Kadani Village, um, but the Yacht and Beach Club pool is amazing. It has a lazy river sand at the bottom of the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ones, the one the ducks live in. Actually, the ducks live in both of those. I think it's funny that there's two ducks that live in that pool area every day. They're there waiting for you cute but well hopefully we've answered some questions if not please write in and let us know um if there's more you want to know about the resorts or a specific resort i'm happy to answer those questions but like i said we did do a big series on all of the different resorts and you can go back and check that out i know it was at the end of 2022 and everybody i think got a part i'm not sure matt was with us yet no, he wasn't there yet. I don't think that he played a part in those, but that doesn't mean he's not still loved or part of our Ohana. <laughs> so thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate all of our listeners and we love being able to celebrate the magic with you each week. Thanks for listening. Please go into Apple or Podbean and give us a rating or comment. You know, it means a lot to us. We absolutely love hearing from you. And if you would just let us know what you want to hear more about, because we can reshape our show to cater to your needs. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or comment, just text us at 636-373-4497. You can check us out on our social media account, The Mousecapades Podcast, on Facebook. And if you would like a free quote, contact Vicki, Stephanie, or Matt at 636-373-4497. Be sure to listen to the Friday show. And as always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. The Moscapades and more podcast. Well, everybody, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Hurry back. May all your dreams come true. Have a magical day, my friends.